asked a couple times this morning if I was delivering the fire. today God wants to deliver his heart just his intimacy I'm a little bit of a mess and I knew I would be as soon as I stepped up here Stay right there for a minute. I just feel that pull of the Spirit. Just stretch your hands towards Surge right now. foundations of the earth I carried you in my heart you were a part of me we were one and as I sent you to this earth with purpose we were one and as you grew and as you were birthed and as you were carried by your mother we were one and as you came into this earth as you came into this earth I never left you or forsake you we were one and even when the enemy tried to destroy us destroy the intimacy and the oneness we were one and I'm calling you now to rest in that oneness to rest in me and to know that forever forever we will be one The altar is open for anyone who feels the need to come up here and lay at the altar at any time. We know Jeremiah 31:33 talks about that covenant. I will be their God and they will be my people. And what the Lord was showing me is it's, it's a marriage. I am yours and you are mine. They're marriage vows. That's what we say at the altar when we're becoming one with our spouse. I am yours and you are mine. Always 
thought a crazy scripture was out of Ephesians when Paul is talking about the husband and wife. And he goes through this big long thing about husbands and wives, how we should treat each other. And then at the end of it, he says this, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. He's calling you his bride. The new covenant we have with Christ, it's a marriage covenant over and over again, all through the scriptures. It's just referring to it as a marriage. I am yours and you are mine. So different than any other covenant that he laid out there. John's disciples asked him if he was the Christ and John the Baptist replied, I am not the Christ but I have been sent before him. He who has the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. Basically he was saying, Jesus is the bridegroom. We're his bride. Revelations 19.7 says, Let us be glad and rejoice and give him glory, for the marriage of the Lamb has come, and his wife, us, his wife has made herself ready. And to her it was granted to be arrayed with fine linen, clean and bright, for the fine linen is the righteous acts of the saints. Then he said to me, Write, Blessed are those who are called to the marriage supper of the Lamb. We're in a marriage covenant with God. I am yours and you are mine. To me, this speaks of, of his passion for us, of his devotion to us. It speaks of intimacy. I started thinking back all the messages I've heard on covenant most of what I've heard is about the legalities of it, the contract that we have with God. But a, a relationship that's based on legalities and contracts, it's dry. It, it doesn't have that intimacy. It, it just doesn't have the life in it. Let me just read this, Hebrews 8.10, where it lays out the covenant once again. I will embed my laws within them within their thoughts and fasten them onto their hearts. <clears throat> so he took that legal contract and he stuck it in here and he put it on here. Why did he do that? Why, do he, why would he do that? What I hear him saying is, I don't want you to fulfill your marriage vows because of this. I want you to fulfill your marriage vows because of this. I want you to live for me out of your heart. I've, I've placed my love inside you. I'm pouring out everything I have into you. And I want that from you. I don't want you to do it because you have to.
forget this. Matter of fact, we don't even need it anymore. I'm just gonna put it straight inside of you. Forget the legalities. It's not a legal marriage anymore. Forget that. I want you to marry me from here. One, one right here. You know what I'm saying? Intimacy. Intimacy from the depths. I was thinking about Adam, how God created Adam out of the dust of the ground. It was like, it was the practical formed man, but there's no life in him. But God leaned down and breathed into him. He put himself into man. He breathed his own life into man. That's relationship. He, from the very beginning, he wanted relationship. And what did he do? He walked with Adam. He talked with Adam. He was in this natural world with Adam. And he helped him and he taught him. And then Adam started talking to God. Even to the point where God's like, hey, why don't you name these animals for me? You guys have heard me speak of my marriage quite often, how good it is, the oneness, and it's awesome. But how many times have I said, check out how good my marriage is. These papers I signed the day I got married, bro, my marriage is awesome. Look at line number four, it rocks. My marriage rocks. Nobody talks like that. I've never even looked at my marriage papers that I signed. Dude, check out the stamp from the government. Isn't that awesome? My marriage rocks. No, we don't do that. When we talk about our marriage, we're talking about our relationship. Why? Because the life of a covenant is in relationship. There's no life in the, in the legalities. The only time I'm gonna pull out the legal paperwork from my marriage, it's probably not a good thing. It's probably going sour and I need to start looking up some stuff. We don't pull these out. I've never once looked at my marriage papers because this is where it's at. This is where it's at. The more and more I was studying this, the more I saw that. I will embed their laws within their thoughts. I will fasten them on their hearts. I will be their God and they will be my people. I will be theirs and they will be mine. The life of a covenant is found in relationship, a relational covenant. fulfilling our vows, not because we have to, but because we want to. John 3.16, everybody knows it. Somebody got their Bible. I want someone to read this. We're going to bring out something in the most popular scripture ever that we just look over a lot for god so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but 
have everlasting life. That's good. That's good. Look at John 3, 17, because that's where we stop. But what's John 3, 17 say? For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn you. He's not here to condemn us. That's what it says. He's not here to condemn us. But I'm breaking the contract. But I did something that broke the contract. Doesn't matter, it's relational now. It's not based on do's and don'ts. For God so loved the world that he sent his son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. But what's everlasting life? Corey, what's everlasting life? That's intimacy. That's relationship. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it. He sent his son that whoever believes in him will have everlasting life. What is the everlasting life? It's knowing God. It's not heaven. It just said it's not heaven. It says it's everlasting life. That leads to heaven. He sent his son so that we can know him, to know the father and to know the son. He has made a marriage covenant with you. The marriages we experience in this house where we know our wife, where we know our husband. It's not based on legalities. It's not based on a contract. It's based on relationship. And it's not just any relationship. It's knowing him intimately. He wants us to know him intimately to the depths. And he wants to know you intimately too. It's a two-way street. And this marriage contract, it's a two-way thing. It's I am yours and you are mine. It goes both ways. It's, and it's relational based. You see, a legally based marriage, if you screw up, you're canceled. You're out, you're done. That's it, you broke the marriage vows, time for a divorce, it's over. But a marriage based on relationship says you screwed up, you broke the marriage vows. How can we fix this? I'm here for you. I'm with you. Let's make this work. I'm going to lift you up. I'm going to be here for you. And we're going to get set on the right path. What we try to do is to bring our thoughts of marriage and legalities and do's and don'ts. We think that's how God looks at us. Oh, you screwed up. Bam, you're out. You're canceled. Oh, Jason, you're messing up. Rod, you're screwing up again. Get it together, dude. When you get it together, I'm over here. Come get me when you're done. No. It's a relational marriage we have with, the, with Christ. So when you mess up, he's like, Rod, I got you. What do we need to do? Let me lift you up. Let me help you. Let me get you back on your right foot. I will never leave you nor forsake you. 
That's relationship. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Yes, you messed up. Let's get it straight. I'm not going to leave you in your time of trouble. I'm going to help you get back on your feet. That's relationship. A two-way street. For each other, not against each other. Working with each other. So many times I see in marriages where it's, it's your closest relationship on earth. Two people, it's supposed to be you against the world. That's what I used to always tell Christy, it's me and you against the world. It doesn't matter. Forget everything else. It's you and I, let's do this. And so many times I see it where you're against each other, fighting each other. I like how Wade puts it. It's, it's not a fight, it's a dance. We're not wrestling. You, you come into alignment with Christ and it becomes a dance. The way I see our relationship with Christ is like this. If whatever burden you have, it becomes his burden. Whatever struggle you have, it becomes his struggle. If you're hurting, he is hurting. He's not turning a blind eye to it. He's not telling you, go get it straight. He's like, I'm here. I want right in the middle of it. Right in the middle of it. We know the story of Peter, how he denied Jesus, his groom, three times. After spending all this time with him, three years, he denied his groom three times. But what did Jesus do when he showed back up? He said, Peter, get it together. You're a mess. When you're done rebelling, come see me. No, he didn't. He said, Peter, do you love me? Yes, Lord, I love you. But Peter, do you love me? Lord, I love you. Peter, do you really love me? Lord, I love you. I wouldn't be here. And he says, come follow me again. Basically, he's saying, come on, let me put you back on the right path. He's not against us. He's for us. I have a friend who is going through some pretty big things right now. And someone told him, you can't say those things to God. What are you talking about? You can say anything to God. He's not surprised. He wants to know your deepest messed up thoughts. The, thing, the things you want to do that you know aren't right, he still wants you to have that conversation with him because he's for you. He's not against you. He's not going to get offended. He's not going to walk away. And when you mess up, he's not walking away. When Adam sinned, who left? Did God not show up? No. He heard God walking through the garden. After he sinned, God went out looking for him. He didn't leave him. He didn't say, that's it. Creation screwed up right off the bat. I'm out. No, because it was relationship. He was like, I'm there for you. Let's get this straight. Let's get this right. The life of a covenant is in relationship. It's not in that legal contract. It's in relationship. A contractional 
marriage, a legal legality, whatever you want to call it, marriage. It'll bring judgment. It'll bring cancellation. But a relational marriage, it brings life, it brings mercy, it brings grace. He's for you, not against you. Man can critique you, man can judge you, man can cancel you, but God doesn't do that. He's married to you. He's committed to you, no matter what. No matter what, he's, he is committed to you. He's committed to seeing you win. Why? Because you guys are one. You're one with him. He's all for you 100%. Nothing you could do could take that away. Let me read this, Genesis 3.8. They heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves. Who hid themselves? From the presence of the Lord. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. Isn't that what we do? Man, I screwed up. I messed up again, Lord. I must not know you. Let me go sulk for a few days. I know you want me to be in your presence, but I'm totally not worthy. I've kind of fell in love with the book of Song of Solomons. In the early church, it was a huge book. Like they embraced this book. And the Passion Translation really brought it to life for me. But in Song of Solomons 1.5, it's a conversation between the bride and the groom. And the bride says, in this twilight darkness, I know I am so unworthy. I'm so in need. Sound familiar? In my darkness, Lord, I'm dark, I'm unworthy, I'm in need. The groom's response is, but you are so lovely. What? I just broke our vows. Yeah, but you're so lovely. The bride says, I feel as dark and dry as the desert tents. I feel, I feel dark. I feel dry, but Lord, I'm dry. I'm in this dark place. And what's the groom's response? Yet you are so lovely, like a fine linen tapestry hanging in the holy place. The groom says, listen, my radiant one. Listen to this. Song of Solomon's 1, 8 and 9. Listen, my radiant one. If you ever lose sight of me, just follow in my footsteps where I lead my lovers. Come with your burdens and your cares. Come to the place near the sanctuary of my shepherds. My dearest one, let me tell you how I see you. Let me tell you how I see you. Even though you feel dark, you feel alone, you feel dry. Let me show you how I see you. You are so thrilling to me. So thrilling to me. 
I don't care how dirty you feel. I don't care what you're struggling with. I don't care if you've done the same sin for the last 30, 40, 60 years. It doesn't even matter. You are so thrilling to me. I'm still here to help you. I saw something beautiful last week, last Sunday. Ruth came up here and spoke. And then Tom stayed right there in the middle. I had to get in my car and cry about this. Pastor Tim said, Tom, you could come up here. And he's like, no, I stayed there because my wife used to have a problem speaking in front of people. So I wanted her to see me. She can see my eyes. She can talk to me if she needed to. That's for each other, not against each other. It's not, hey, Ruth, go get it straight. Why, why are you struggling with this, Ruth? Just get it straight. Why are you so weak? Why aren't you bold? You need boldness. No, he said, here, let me help you. Let me be there for you. Let me help strengthen you. That's awesome. That's awesome. That's God with us. I know there's two sides to everything. I get it. But a lot of time we talk about the bad sides or the hard side more often than the other how we're a persecuted church. If you're gonna follow me, you gotta deny yourself, take up your cross. I get it. And I, there's a part of that. It's a hard, if you're gonna follow Christ, it's hard. It's hard. I'm telling you, it's gonna be rough. Bro, I've been in the world, that's rough. I wrote down a few things about the groom's side of our covenant, what he gives us, what he brings to the table, love, unconditional love, peace. Our groom brings a peace. I can't tell you how many times I've had a hard day at work and I could not wait to get home and sit on the couch with Christy. Just cause it's peace. That's what he brings to the table peace. He brings protection. He protects us over and over again. The word talks about his protection. We have a good groom. He takes care of his bride. He doesn't let things touch us. He brings provision. He provides for us. He cares for us. So much so that when you leave the house, he gives Holy Spirit to be there with you everywhere you go. He's got you covered. He washes you with the water of the word. I love you. You are magnificent. You are so thrilling to me. He brings you rest. He's a truthful groom. He brings you truth. He don't lie to you. He brings you life like he brings us life. 
like it's a good life. Like it's, it's active life. Like it's constantly moving. So all that stuff the, the, the groom gives pours into your life. That brings out our side, our vows. Because of his giving, because of his love, the peace, everything he brings, because of who he is, it brings out those vows from within us. We want to be separated from him. I title this the posture of the bride. Because when we accept what he's done, what he gives, it postures us to be the bride we're supposed to be, set apart, committed, just like anticipating, being ready for when the groom comes. Every day, he comes every day. Like I'm ready, I can't wait to experience Jesus today, my, my, my groom. the bride side of the covenant. We give ourselves to Jesus, to our groom. We're fully committed, keeping ourselves for him. When you have a great marriage, you keep yourself. You keep yourself set apart. Submitted to him in absolute awe and love. Wow, I love you. Look what you've done for me. Look what you give me. We covet this place of marriage covenant with the Lord. It's sacred, we keep it holy. We honor it, we protect it. We protect what we have, because it's so good. Because we have this awesome groom, better than any other groom that's ever been ever. When you have the best husband in the world, you protect it. You protect that marriage. You covet it, you feed it. And of course we spend time with him. You can tell when someone's in love. You can tell when someone has a great marriage. They're marked. You see it all over them. You can see it on Bucky. You can see it on Jason. They carry themselves differently. What we don't want to be is that bride who, even though the husband's so good and he gives, you still have that choice to be like, eh, I'm going through something, but I'm going to keep this one to myself. I'm going to separate. I'm gonna isolate. That's not the type of bride we wanna be. There's still a choice there. Even though our groom is really good, there's still a choice there. And what I mean is that there's all these benefits to being in this marriage covenant. This peace, this love, this protection, this provision, this caring, where he takes out our burdens as his own. But even in that, we can still separate ourselves from it, not pull from it. 
not take from it. Does that make sense? Some of you have heard me say that the last few months, there's a lot of people going through stuff. Like a lot of people are going through some heavy stuff. And then you put the world on top of that, what's going on in the world, and uh, it could be a lot. When we posture ourselves as the bride should, it puts us in that position to pull on the benefits of this marriage, of that peace, of that victory, of that conquering, because our groom will take care of it. Even though there's lack in the world, our groom will provide for us. We can pull from that. We don't have to isolate ourselves. My friend Ben told me yesterday that he was in the car um, praying and calling on the name of God. And the Lord said, why do you only ever call on that name? He's like, what do you mean? That's your name. He's like, I have many names. What do you need today? Is your world a little crazy? Call on my name, peace. Are you full of lack? Call on my name, the God of more than enough. He's got everything covered, everything covered. I feel like the heart of the Father this morning was just Him showing us, look, I'm there for you no matter what. Like you can't screw up big enough. I'm here to help you. I'm here to walk with you through it. Not only help, I'm here to just be there with you through it. Like I'll carry it, I'll carry you. It's It's a relational covenant. The life of this covenant is in the relationship. That's why he stuck this contract in here. He made it relational. I feel like that's, that's the message he wants is, man, I'm just here for you. Dig in deeper, come in closer. Let's do this thing. Access what, what is right before you. Access the benefits of this marriage. Don't ignore it. Don't walk away from it. Don't just sit next to it. Get right in the middle of it. Let it be a part of every little part of you, every bit of you, every second of the day. Like never leave it. Can we stand for a second? This is more speaking of the church as a whole. And I love it because it just kind of shows us what we're supposed to look like as a church. And it's Revelations 21, and it starts out by John saying, the angel came to John and said, let me show you the bride, the wife of Christ. 
And we just established that the bride, the wife of Christ, is the church. So he says, let me show you the bride, the wife of Christ. And he starts laying out what the bride looks like. He says, he showed me a holy city. Who's a city set on a hill? We are. So he showed me a holy city descending out of heaven from God. So basically it's saying we function out of heaven. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. We function from here down. It was infused with the glory of God and its radiance was like that of the very rare jewel like Jasper, clear as crystal. The city had massive high walls with 12 gates. Each gate had an angel. We're protected. The kingdom has boundaries. We stay in those boundaries, we're protected. We stay within that marriage, we're protected. The city had 12 foundations and on them were the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. We build our foundations on the apostles. Christ being the chief apostle. And the street of the city was pure gold, clear as crystal. I was told this week that gold represents righteousness. So we walk in righteousness. I saw no temple in the city for its temple is the Lord God, the Almighty and the Lamb. It's relationship. We are the temple. There's no more physical temple. Relationship directly with the Father and the Son. Holy Spirit within us. The city has no need for sun or moon to shine for the glory of God is its light and its lamp is the Lamb. He is our light. The people will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring their wealth into it. This is a picture of what we're supposed to look like. The kings of the earth bringing its wealth to us, to the kingdom, to the holy city. Its gates will never be shut by day. Come on in. Come on world, we're ambassadors, come. Come in, the gates are wide open. There's no night there, no darkness. People will bring the glory and wealth of the nations into it. It's a harvest, harvest coming in. There's not a harvest coming, right Corey? It's always been here. Evil will not enter, nor anyone who does what is deceitful, but only those whose names are written in the book of life. Basically, you can't inherit the kingdom in sin. We know that. You got to stay within the boundaries of the marriage. But if you screw up, he's not kicking you out. He's going to help you work through it. River of the water of life flowing with water clear as crystal, continuously pouring out from the throne of God and of the Lamb. That's that rivers of living water that flows through us. Holy Spirit. The river was flowing in the middle of the street of the city, and on either side of the river was the tree of life, with its 12 kinds of ripe fruit, according to each month of the year. 
basically saying the Holy Spirit produces fruit in us continually, all year long, every season. It don't matter if it's in the middle of winter or what, you're continuously producing fruit. No dry seasons. And that fruit helps heal the world. It helps heal the nations. That's our job. Go into all the world and preach the good news of the gospel. The leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. That's the promise of Abraham, blessing to the nation. You'll be a blessing to the nation. Three more, every curse will be broken and no longer exist. For the throne of God and of the lamb will there be in the city. So every curse broken. You know, we hear a lot about that generational curse. Nah, it's broken. Sickness, it's broken. Never to exist, no longer existing. They will always see his face and his name will be on their foreheads. We're marked. The pure in heart see God. We get to see God every day. Night will be no more. There's no more darkness. Not in this city, not in here. No more darkness. There will never need the light of the sun or the lamp. No, nope, we need, we got the light of God. Because the Lord God shines on them. And one of my favorites, as you know, and they will reign as kings forever and ever. We're priestly kings on this earth. This is what we're supposed to look like. We were talking Monday night and in the, first couple chapters of the book of Genesis it lays out kind of what the kingdom looks like dominion authority and then the last couple chapters of the book lays out what it really looks like it's unveiled I would encourage you to go look at that the posture of a bride submitted committed in relationship not in legalities it's a relationship. Our marriage is holy with the Lord. It's set apart. It's awesome. We give ourselves completely to it. And it postures us in this life to walk as we should, to live and reign as we should. And, and in my opinion, if you grab a hold of what this marriage really looks like and you walk it out, the world will come run into it. It'll wanna be a part. Those gates are wide open. Come on in. We got this. talking about the covenant being written here there's a lot of us that put contingencies on that covenant like a pre prenuptial agreement that are outside of the word that we're not even looking at the contract the covenant that we have with the father and what he did for us we're looking at some man-made thing that says there's a contingency if I'm going to fully trust my groom 
there's contingencies that I've put on. Okay, Lord, it must look like this. I'll surrender when this happens. We got to let that go. He already paid the price. We're walking into it without contingencies. We don't say, Lord, if you do this, I'll give you my heart. He already did it all. So if in your mind you've taken a natural thing and said, Lord, here's my, here's my list if, if I will serve you. I used to do it in giving. We went to a large mega church. Here, I'm, I'm, I'm giving and I expect this from you. But when I stopped expecting what I wanted, he gave me far greater than I ever expected. And things that weren't tangibly. So how many of us, there's some place that we have a contingency on walking in full covenant with the Father. We've said, Lord, this area I'm going to keep unless you do this. You've got to realize he already did it all, guys. He's given you everything. And all you have to do is say, here's my heart. He's not going to hurt you. When you fully surrender, he, he never leaves you. He never forsakes you. He is so good. Think of the best person, the best husband that you've ever seen. And you're like, man, they're great. You know they're still human and they still hurt their spouse at some point. But he does never hurt us. He never leaves and forsakes us. So don't allow the contingencies of what man has done to you to affect how much you surrender to the Father. Okay, I'm going to try to articulate this the best that I can. <laughs> um, just because there's a whole bunch of thoughts spinning in my head. Excuse me. Um, so yesterday I spoke with a group about truths, facts, and opinions. And that facts and opinions are man-made. And truths are from the Lord and they cannot change. So the covenant that God gives us is a truth. Our awareness of it is what can change so for those that are walking in darkness the truth remains the same the covenant remains the same it's there if we choose to walk away from that it doesn't change the truth it changes our awareness of the truth So covenant is always there and it makes me realize yes there's a big chasm between us and God if we're in sin but actually how close are we because what's going to be there is already there we're literally just separated by our awareness and reception of it 